This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. And you can go listen to all of the past episodes wherever you subscribe, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Make sure that you also check out Marking Out on Twitter. On Facebook, on Twitch, not on Discord, on ProWrestlingTees.com slash out. Make sure you buy a t-shirt. Also, send us an email. We would love to interact with you. But also make sure you follow Brandon. Go follow Chris. Go follow myself. But a lot is going on this week in the world of pro wrestling. And I am going to go ahead and introduce to you the one, the only, the B to the G, the Brandon, the man, the myth, the legend. Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing great. And uh, I would love to add that this is episode 584. Can you believe that... uh, We've been doing this for, uh, we're heading into that 600 episode very, very soon. Yeah. I say very, very soon, but realistically, our 600th episode's probably later this year, right? I mean, it's 20 weeks. 20 weeks, yeah. So, we got we got some time, uh, a lot of pro wrestling in between now and uh, episode 600, but you never know what can happen on episode 600. We may have a special guest, <laughs> uh... <laughs> You know, <laughs> don't promise I mean, anybody anything. <laughs> fresh off of his uh, retirement from pro no, wrestling, no. we may have some people who uh, left their boots in the middle of the ring. Not going to say who. Not going to promise anything. But you never know. Never say never. Wink, wink. But, Brandon, how was your week? It was pretty good. Yeah? What did you do over there? Um, well... I did, I went to go make, it's pretty disappointing. I went to go make like fried onion strings in the oven, like how I did for Thanksgiving with the, the topping for the green bean casserole. Okay. And I don't know if I put the oven on too high or if I, I, I could say, or if I left them in too long, but I definitely would have left them in too long if that was the case because they burnt. Oh, no. They were, like, burnt to a crisp, and they sucked, and I was so disappointed. But then I went and chopped up some more onions and some peppers, and I just decided to make Philly cheesesteak-inspired cheeseburgers. Okay. And they were a bit messy, but I, I formed the patty, and I made them on the grill, and they were pretty good. They were uh, Brandon-approved. Yeah. And I got done grilling before the rain came so that was nice hey that's even better to that's like a some satisfaction right there where you finish the complete cooking process before it starts to rain outside yeah outside um, of that i i watched two movies that i can't remember the titles one was the bubble 
Stacked bubble. cast. Yeah, Judd Apatow's newest film on Netflix about uh, a bunch of celebrities in a bubble during the pandemic. And they're trying to make a big blockbuster film, which is like a parody of Jurassic Park almost. Mm-hmm. And they're like really like bad movies, but what? But it was it was an enjoyable film. I can't for the life of me remember what other movie I watched, but I remember watching another movie. <laughs> okay, it was that good that you do not remember that movie. Yeah, I don't know. All right, good I, deal, I, good deal. How was your week though? <laughs> my week was awesome. Um, yeah, my week was very good. So. Uh, I went to a good old Broadway in NYC. Uh, no, I did not get casted in the new, uh... Casted? Yeah, I did not get casted in Cats. Cat. Cast. Casted. I did not get cast. Casted. I did not get cast in Cats. Casted. Is that accurate? I did not get casted in Cats? Casted. Cast. (laughs) I don't know, but I'm going to roll with casted. Um, but I, pre-Broadway, went to Five Napkin Burger with The Fam. And uh, Five Napkin Burger was very good. It was delicious. I ended up getting a, what did I get? Let me tell you what I got. I got a grilled chicken barbecue sandwich. And it was fantastic. I don't know. Ever since I went to... Uh, the APTA CSM conference in Texas, I ordered a grilled chicken sandwich, which is, I guess, blasphemy to order at uh, Margaritaville. <laughs> uh, as you have heard about my escapades on the previous episodes. Um, but I, ever since then, I've been getting the grilled chicken sandwiches wherever I end up going, and I have not been disappointed. Um, but five napkin burger, the grilled chicken sandwich was delicious. Um, very, very, very good. The French fries were outstanding. The service incredible. So if you're going to go to Broadway, check out five napkin burger. So a lot uh, of people usually go there and order a burger. You know, when you go to a burger place, usually it's, uh, expected, but I'll let you know a little bit of a secret. I like to be a little bit unexpected. What did it come so, with? Did it have pickled onions or something? It came with a pickle. It came but with like a on pickle. the actual sandwich itself. No, it was a pickle on the side. But I What was on the sandwich? What was on the sandwich? There was lettuce. There was tomato. There was a cheese. Uh pepper jack cheese, I believe. Pepper jack. Uh, which actually drew my attention to it. There was pepper jack. Um, and there was ketchup on the side. So I put ketchup on it. And then there was like a an aioli sauce. I'm not too sure what it was. I forgot what it was. It was like a garlicky mayo aioli. But um, it was delicious. So I know you're listening. You're like, oh, all right, we get the food. But what about the play? I know. Let me wait, get wait, to that. Wait, wait, wait. I just researched this. Okay, let me not get to that. Yes, about I what? I researched it. On their menu, a barbecue grilled chicken sandwich. Yes, what's on it? Barbecue spiced all-natural chicken breasts. Yes. Pepper jack cheese. You covered those two. Okay. What did I miss? 
fried what green did they add onion on? tomato. Uh, fried green tomatoes. Okay. Did that? Was that a thing? Yeah, I think so. Pickled onions. Okay, yeah, that was there. I asked if there were pickled onions. You said I no. did it. It was so delicious that I didn't even, I didn't even recall. And Once then, I took a bite into it, it just kind of wiped my memory. And then it says lettuce, and then a barbecue ranch mayo. Yeah, the barbecue ranch mayo. That's what it was. Also, was, I just remembered the other movie was called Metal Lords on Netflix. Ah, uh, you see, and just like that. Just like Celine Dion, it's all coming back to us. Yeah, but how was Moulin Rouge? Ah, yes. So I saw the Moulin Rouge, and I am a huge mark for the movie. I love the movie. I think it's incredible. Um, If you have not seen Moulin Rouge, somehow, some way, uh, make sure that you check it out if you like musicals. It's unbelievable. I don't think I've ever seen Moulin Rouge. I'm big. I love it. Uh, you may act, you may enjoy it. Um, are you familiar with it or no? I like. Have you heard the music or no? I don't know if I have. I know obviously when they made the movie, there was the other the song that came out with Christina Aguilera and them. Oh yeah, yeah. So so Lady they Marmalade. so they do a bunch of compilation of songs. So they do a lot of compilation of of modern songs and a lot and some old songs too, where they take like the chorus of one song and then they combine it with the chorus of another song. Uh, this way, the lyrics kind of meshes up well with what's taking place with the scene or, or whatever's taking place right now. And their renditions are incredible. Uh, the stage version has more uh, music that obviously is not in the play in the movie. Um, they did a rendition of... It's a musical. Yeah, musical. Uh, they did a rendition of... Um, what was it? Uh, Shut Up and Dance. Uh, Shut Up... The Walk Off... Not the Walk Off the Moon. Um, is that it? No. The Shut Up and Dance. But it was a combination of that with uh, Raise raise Your Glass. And it was... Wait, Shut it Up and met... Dance is from Walk the Moon. Is that it? Okay, so then that's the... That's the... That's the song I'm thinking of, Walk the Moon. So it was that song combined with Razor Glass. And, Pink? Yeah, by Pink. I'm and so confused. They, it's, do they not do... What was the original? What What do you mean? Well, Moulin Rouge... What do you mean the original? If I'm not mistaken, Moulin Rouge is a musical... Based off of the film? Yes. Well, yeah, it, it is the film. It is the film. But they did all of these other songs. So the Shut Up and Dance, Raise Your Glass. They did a version of uh, Chandelier. They did a compilation of Lady Gaga. They did a compilation of some Rolling Stones songs. Um, um, of course, they had some of the songs from the uh, movie as well. But... The acting, it was incredible. The music was amazing. The acting was incredible. The lead male uh, artist in the in the play, he actually won a Tony Award at the recent Tony Awards for Best Male in a Musical. Um, and I guess uh, Moulin Rouge also won Best Musical, I believe, last Tony Awards. Um, and it was just unbelievable. The setting, the set was gorgeous. The costumes, the designs... 
The dance was incredible. Um, it, it, I, just, I, I loved every moment of it. Um, there's moments where you want to sing. There's moments where you just you just get wrapped up in it. And I, I actually love going to the theater as well. Um, I don't do it as often as I really want to. I After doing this, I definitely think I'm going to start to go a lot more often. Uh, but going into the theater, I was blown. I, I'm huge with architecture. And going into the theater, just looking around at how, how old um, everything was and when you walk into the theater, how beautiful it is and how beautiful the, the, the artwork is. Um, like they had a bunch, it was kind of cool. They had a bunch of Hirschfeld, Hirschfeld, I think the yeah. artist is Hirschfeld. Uh, they had a bunch of his drawing, uh, art paintings, um, well, it's named framed after him. all. Yeah. So it was at the Hirschfeld theater, but what was interesting, my dad actually pointed this out to me. So all of his pieces of art have a number next to his name. So when he signs his name, he signs it Hirschfeld. But he puts like a number one, two, three, four, whatever it is. And whatever number he puts in that painting is how many times he hid his daughter's name in that painting. So his daughter's name is Nina. N-I-N-A. So in the paintings, if it said Hirschfeld too, he hid her name somewhere in two different places. So... I thought that that was really interesting um, and very cool. But, yeah, overall, Moulin Rouge, amazing. I love I was, it. I was at that theater 16 years ago. What did you see? Around 16 years ago, The Wedding Singer. Oh, wow. wow. It's already 16 years ago since I was on Broadway? I think so. Wow. That was, a it was, like, St- Stephen it was 2006. Lynch? Yeah. Stephen Lynch, yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah, but that really wrapped up my entire week. You know, ever since after that, that was really the focus of everything. And upcoming, we actually have our NPTE Final Frontier Mega Review Week, which I'm really looking forward to. Uh, We're heading into that time where the students sit for their NPTE exams for physical therapy. Um, and that's just a jam-packed week full of information. And then we actually have this upcoming weekend, we have... Over 10 hours of content, five hours on Saturday, five hours on Sunday. So really looking forward to that, too. And we had a lot of PTA students uh, pass their exams recently, which is always um, a really, really proud moment to, to get to see. But yeah, so that's my week. But let's get into that pro wrestling talk, the sports entertainment talk. Let's talk about some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Which opens up with Miz TV. And Cody Rhodes was the guest and he got a new entrance. Because I guess we should have assumed that. They're not going to take that platform. I guess maybe they didn't want to set it up every single time. It makes sense, you know. Especially yeah. with the this, there's not enough room for that stage for him to be lifted up. So he uh, he now comes out with a bunch of smoke and and pyro. Yeah, mega pyro, uh, a lot of pyro. Yeah, that's I mean that's what when I texted you, I was really blown away by the amount of pyro that they gave him. I mean, when he's on the stage, there's pyro. When he makes his way to the ramp, there's pyro. Once he gets into the ring, there's more pyro. Um, yeah. 
but I thought it was a good segment. Cody started off calling Miz uh, reliable and spoke about how much he's changed versus how much Miz hasn't changed since he's been in WWE. And they had some good back and forth between each other and Miz tried to attack Cody. Cody got out of the way and tossed Miz out of the ring. And at first when they, when, because we, going into this Monday Night Raw, we knew they, they announced that it was going to be Cody versus Miz on Monday Night Raw. And yeah. they open up the show, Miz coming out in a suit. I'm like, well, this sucks because I would rather just have the match than a yeah, Miz go right TV into segment. The match. But I thought this was really good and I very much so enjoyed it. So it like canceled that out. Yeah, I agree. I thought that it was great. And the, it gave a nice moment for Cody with the fans and everything. And it was enjoyable, you know, but. Next up, you had Veer pick up the victory over Dominic Mysterio. Veer. Uh, this was supposed to be Rey Mysterio here. Yeah, it was supposed to be Rey. Don't know what happened there. No, but Dominic took the wrath of Veer and Veer locking in that modified camel clutch, I guess. Yeah, Dominic um, got a few moves sent- in, but uh, he I think did. We yeah. all, it pretty much went how we'd expect it. And we also got the million dollar arms, so. Yeah, I, I'm happy once he, about that. <laughs> once once he did that, I I'm, I was just like, oh, Brandon Marks out over this one. Yeah, you know? and then after the match, Veer locked in that, that camel clutch again like two other times. Yeah, sending him out on a stretcher. Yeah. Um, yeah but. Uh, we saw AJ Styles interviewed from earlier in the day, and he ended up jumping Damian Priest. And for their match, it ended up going to a no contest, which uh, – before I even speak about the, the yeah. match itself, though, I thought okay. the the new entrance that Damian Priest has was pretty cool. How it's like split, the, the Tron is split, and so is the nameplate now. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool to show like the two different sides of Damian Priest. Yeah. But Priest in the match, we saw him, uh, he got on his knee at one point, and the lights went out. A blue spotlight came on, and then they cut to commercial. And they they did show his face, and like it looked like his eyes lit up. Um, but then, like you said, they cut to commercial, and they come back, and the that's it. I thought we were gonna see like a new member of the new new brood. Edge I, wasn't there. <laughs> so this is, I mean, this is a very much so reminiscent of Alexa Bliss. And The Fiend too, More so Alexa Bliss recently. Where she would have that like change of personality right. where the lights go out and then they go to commercial and then they come back and then either they are onto the entire different segment or she has shifted. You know? I was kind of disappointed that it the match ended like that though. I I don't know. It, I, I guess, was enjoying it too. Yeah, I don't know. It was it was weird. I, I guess it's going to get us to want more. Yeah, and AJ Styles was interviewed afterwards, but he was, like, super pissed off about the whole situation. He's like, how dare a light interrupt my match like that? Yeah. But next up, you had Cody pick up the victory over The Miz. Um, I thought that this match was actually really good. This was Cody Rhodes' first match in uh, on WWE Raw. In what six? I think it's six years. Six it's years. Also, by the way, their last singles match between Cody and Miz was 2013 on main event. Wow. The last time they were in the ring together was 2000s. 
16 in at WrestleMania 32, I believe, in that ladder match where Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental Championship by pushing the Miz off the ladder. <laughs> where Stardust wow. had Damn. a polka dotted uh, ladder, which was really cool. That was cool. But, but Seth Rollins came out to watch this match right as it started. And when this was announced, I mentioned that they mentioned that they announced this match going into Monday Night Raw. We knew it. When this match was announced, the internet was beyond pissed off for some reason because they didn't think Miz was a good enough opponent for Cody's first match back on Monday Night Raw. Obviously, and, they forgot that he is a future Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I think like Miz showed off not only in that Miz TV segment, but this match as well as to why he's the perfect opponent for Cody. Yeah. Like, it's just absolutely absurd that anyone could possibly say that that match would probably suck or something like that. Yeah, I I, I think that, I mean, I pretty positive. Me and you both uh, were looking forward to this. So I'm really surprised that that fans were looking forward to something like this. Yeah, also, it's nice to see Cody selling a knee injury in this. You don't see that often. Yeah. Although CM Punk Man, for does sure. that. But. Um, afterwards, we saw Seth get in the ring and brought up how Cody had the advantage going into WrestleMania because he knew his opponent and Seth Rollins didn't know his opponent. So he wants another match at WrestleMania Backlash and that match will be taking place. Yeah. But. After that, backstage, Tommaso Ciampa, now officially part of the WWE Monday Night Raw roster, Gets cut off by Ezekiel, who welcomed him to Monday Night Raw. And then Kevin Owens interrupted, saying that Ezekiel's lying. And Champ was like, you're wrong. This is Ezekiel, which I thought was funny. Yeah, I thought that this segment was great. And uh, Champa was fully with it. Everybody was pretty much supporting that this is Ezekiel. And now Kevin Owens is kind of like... Losing his mind over it. And they're going to have a lie detector test for him next week, which <laughs> is very reminiscent of Mr. America to me. Back when Hulk Hogan, like, we all knew it was Hogan. Vince McMahon couldn't prove it, but Hogan would, like, let us peek under the mask. Yeah. It's, like, that part's different, but, like, it, in the same sense, it kind of reminds me of Mr. America, where, like, we all know it's Elias, but, well, most of us, I guess, know it's Elias. I know there's some people who out, out there think... uh Ezekiel is actually a new person, but... Well, I mean, it is. Right, of course. It's his brother. Uh, outside of that segment, I like that segment, but I don't think that's a, a strong, like, mm, debut for Champa. So, I don't think that... <sighs> like, if you watch I... SmackDown with Raquel, now Rodriguez... The backstage, like she debuts or whatever on SmackDown with a new name, and all she's doing is being interviewed and and gets cut off by Los Lotharios. That that wasn't a strong debut either to me. To me, I don't. I I think that just them having their FaceTime on the TV is fine because people are. It's not like in the past where they're just coming in and nobody recognizes them, nobody knows them. I mean, let's not forget that Champa was on Monday Night Raw. A few times this year, actually. Um, like on commentary and everything like that. So I don't think that it's necessarily he has to be in a match or 
a, has to be an action period on that moment. What I would like to see is him have a match next week, though. Which maybe he'll face Kevin Owens. I yeah, yeah, I could see something like that. After that, we saw Naomi pick up the victory over Liv Morgan, which was supposed to be a tag team championship match here, but they mentioned on commentary that Riv Ripley was out for protocol, but they didn't say what kind of protocol. And they're going to have it next week, so I guess people assume that it was COVID protocol. Yeah, maybe she came in contact with somebody. but Perhaps, but uh, I like this, this match. Fans here were dead. I didn't really like the I, ending. I, I wasn't a big fan of this match. I don't know why. It didn't seem like they meshed well together. Uh, it didn't seem like the chemistry was there in this match. Well, Naomi won after a bunch of pin reversals, so not much really happened. It wasn't like a long match. Yeah. After that, we got the VIP lounge where Bobby Lashley, I guess, invited himself there and spoke about what almost did on Monday Night Raw with MVP last week. And then he called out MVP and MVP came out and told Bobby Lashley that he needs to put respect on his name and said that when Bobby Lashley came back to WWE, he was just floundering until he joined up with MVP and MVP resurrected him to help him achieve everything that he's gotten, the WWE Championship and everything. And Lashley basically just said that he's going to finish Omos and come after MVP. Um, I don't know. Do you want to see any involvement of MVP? I wouldn't mind seeing him wrestle again, but uh, I just, this feud I really kind of don't care about. Not at all. I definitely don't care about Which it. Which is a shame. I like the fact that MVP is with almost, but... Yeah, I, I'm not me. a fan of it at all. After that, yeah. we have the 24-7 championship they showed earlier in the night. Uh, R-Truth threw Akira Tozawa and Reggie a bachelor party. And R-Truth warned Reggie about leaving Dana Brooke alone at a bachelorette party with the 24-7 championship. So they all went to go meet up with them. And we saw the bachelorette party. Los Lotharios showed up. Nikki A.S.H. showed up. And Tamina ends up ripping off CPA's shirt to reveal that he's a ref. And all hell broke loose. R-Truth ends up yelling at them. And he announced that he's an ordained minister. And we're going to get a double wedding next week on Monday Night Raw. Not WrestleMania, Monday Night Raw next week. Overdue. Overdue. It should have been at WrestleMania, but it is not. The way it was set up, I thought for sure was happening at like Mania backstage or something, but... You would think so. You would think so. But it's not. But next up, you had Bianca Belair pick up the victory over Queen Zelina. Um, I was a fan of this match. I did... I think that Queen Zelina, I would love to see her as a as the WWE champion at some point. Yeah, I'd like to see her get some wins. Her last win, uh, singles victory, was four months ago. Really? And obvi- I think the outcome of this was very obvious, but... Yeah. I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Before the match, though, Sonya Deville told Adam Pearce that 
she has a new challenger lined up for Bianca Belair. And afterwards, she announced an open contract for the Raw Women's Championship. She had Bianca Belair sign it, and Sonya Deville goes to announce who it is, and then attacked Bianca Belair and said it's her, which Adam Pearce yelled at her afterwards for. It was an awesome attack, though. I saw it coming from a mile away. I... So, I saw it coming, but I didn't really think it was going to come. And I was just like, when it happened, I was just like, awesome. Very cool. Because, I mean, it's safe to say, I mean, we're all fans of Sonya Deville. And so, just this aspect, very looking forward to it. Also, when Adam Pierce was yelling at Sonya Deville later on, we had Austin Theory there, who now just goes by Theory. And he'll be facing Finn Balor for the U.S. Championship next week on Monday Night Raw. Why they took Austin away, I have no idea. Yeah, I guess it goes back to WWE liking the one name aspect. Yeah, I don't get it. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yeah. <laughs> That's like know. four names almost. Right. Uh, after that, though, we saw RK Bro pick up the victory over Alpha Academy. I liked at one point the uh, the hot tag spot where Gable and Otis tried to prevent Matt Riddle from tagging in Randy Orton, but Riddle ends up countering that and tags in. But I enjoyed this match. I obviously wish the outcome was different, and I thought that Chad Gable almost was about to win with the backslide. But Orton got out of it, ends up hitting that RKO. I thought it was over at that moment, too. I'm fine with the outcome. We obviously know it's leading to something bigger. Yeah. It's just unfortunate that Alpha Academy, it seems like their championship reign or time being champions is done for a long time now. Yeah. We saw the Uso show up, issue a challenge for a unification match. The Street Profits cut it off and said that they should be the next champions. And then they argued and Randy Orton yelled at them to set up a match where the winners get to face them. On the spot match, the Usos pick up the victory over the Street Profits. Good match. I I was a big fan of this match. I thought that there was a lot of spots that were great. And Alpha Academy, I just want to see them continue succeeding. Yeah, but uh, at one point during that match, we saw RK Bro get Angelo Dawkins tossed into them. And then... Uh, Montez Ford dove out onto both of the Usos and we saw Montez Ford hit that frog splash and at the very very last second Jimmy ends up breaking that count I thought that was very well done the Usos pick up the victory with the 1D and uh, both teams held up the titles afterwards and then Dawkins attacked Matt Riddle for some reason I didn't understand that and Randy Orton dropped Montez Ford with an RKO. And the Usos hit Randy Orton with a double super kick. And then they held up all four titles. I thought that was a, a yeah. nice way to end Monday Night Raw. It was. But let's move on to some NXT. Kicking off with Cameron Grimes. Picking up the victory over Solo Sokoa to retain. Um, yeah, I was... I don't know. I guess I expected Cameron Grimes to pick up the victory. Yeah, I was too. And uh, Cameron Grimes was just cheered last week and honored his father who passed away. And now 
They put him against Solo Sokoa, getting booed against Solo Sokoa. Outside of that, I thought it was a really good match. The near fall after the Samoan drop, I thought was really well done. But we saw Trick Williams prevent Sokoa from hitting the Uso splash on Cameron Grimes. He ends up hitting it off the apron to Trick Williams. But when he got back into the ring, Cameron Grimes hit him with the cave-in and picked up the victory. And then yeah, Carmelo good. Hayes Hayes ended up attacking Cameron Grimes and Sokoa attacked Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams attacked Sokoa and Grimes. So, I don't know if we're going to get like a singles match or a triple threat or what's going to happen there. I feel like we're going to enter a triple threat. Yeah, we'll see. You know, but... After that, Braun Breaker came out, told us that Rick Steiner is home safe, which I hate that we didn't get to see anything further with that. Yeah, I mean, like, how? What happened? Did he sneak into the compound and get him? I don't think so, but I think Joe Gacy just released him. And uh, Braun Breaker called Gacy out. Gacy appeared on the screen with Rick's Hall of Fame ring. And he threw it in a fire. And we saw him in another segment later on where he took the ring out of the fire and put it on his ring finger. I don't, uh, a lot of people are saying he's turning into Bray Wyatt. I don't really see it. Turning into Bray Wyatt? Yeah. I mean, I I shouldn't Um, say I don't really see it because I do see some aspects of it. I do, yeah. I I mean, I definitely see the Bray Wyatt aspect, which kind of like, I don't know. We just got, Bray Wyatt was around and st- I don't know. I feel like it's repetitive. Yeah. After that, we were supposed to see Von Wagner versus Kushida, but that didn't happen because Kushida got attacked, as did Ikemanjiro by Von Wagner. And Robert Stone goes to the ring and he spoke a little bit. Ikemanjiro came out, and he was super pissed off. He challenged Von Wagner to a match. Obviously, Von Wagner was picking up that victory over Ikemanjiro. But I was happy that Jiro got a lot of stuff in there. He was fired up, so he was able yeah. to get some moves in. So I, I was yeah. really surprised with how much offense he even got in there. Yeah, well, he was pissed off that he got attacked. Well, but after it's good that, to see that he's defending himself. Yeah, and uh, Kushida as well. Yeah. But afterwards, Sophia Cromwell, we saw her in the crowd, and she started pointing to the crowd. So Robert Stone told Von Wagner to finish Jiro. He picks him up, launches him out of the ring, over the barricade, into the crowd. The end. And that was, you know, that was it. Nothing else. After that, yeah, we had a but... sit-down interview with Nikita Lyons where she was asked about her victory over Lash Legend last week. And she said that she only needs to prove herself to the WWE Universe, not Lash. And then Lash interrupts one hell of a kick to Nikita Lyons' face. And she gets kicked over backwards in a chair. I, I, I'm a big fan of Lyons over Nikita. So it's uh, gonna be. That's I'm the same person, brother. 
I'm sorry. Um, Lash. I meant to say Lash. I'm a big fan of Lash over Nikita. I still um, feel like it's going to be a bar situation. I can definitely see that as well. It's something that they don't have right now, so I could see that. But next up, they had Mandy Rose successfully defend her championship against Dakota Kai. Um, you had your distractions in this match, but Mandy Rose, I think, has really risen to such an incredible level where it only shows how awesome and how great of an opportunity it is when some of these wrestlers on the main roster get put with the NXT crowd. I mean, look at what happened with Mandy Rose. Nobody gave her credit. Everybody, when she came into NXT, put her as a manager position. And she's champion. And she's excelling at it. Yeah. You know? The one thing that I didn't like, you already mentioned it, is the fact that Toxic Attraction did get involved. Because I, we saw the opening match have that. Uh, yeah, but I, I don't know. I expected Toxic Attraction to be involved in this match. So, now from here, does Dakota Kai get another shot and win? I would say no. This was it. I don't know. It feels like it might not be done over there, but Wendy Chu showed up afterwards with super soakers and sprayed down toxic attraction, and a lot of the people on the internet uh, trash in this segment for them selling for water guns. I was fine with it. I thought it was good. Have you ever been attacked with a water gun before? I've been shot in the damn eye with a water gun. Yes. And it, <laughs> it hurts. Exactly. You know, lay off them. Jeez, everybody's so hot over here. Yeah, we saw Legato Del Fantasma and Tony D'Angelo in a backstage segment where Tony said that he thinks they had a little misunderstanding last week and then tried to pay Santos Escobar some money as like a peace offering. And Santos gave it right back and said that respect is worth more. So now, to me, it almost seems like Legato are faces? I don't know. It seems that way, that they're going the face route. After that, Cora Jade came out and spoke about WrestleMania weekend and how her parents got to see her wrestle live at Stand and Deliver. And she spoke about losing, but she thought she was leaving a champion. And now she know that now she knows that she needs to become champion. And she wants her name to be like AJ Lee, which was a very surprising mention. I don't think we've heard her name on WWE program probably since she left. Um Yeah. I, I feel like maybe in a promo with CM Punk, but even still that was so long ago. Yeah, but and it's like no like if you if you like look on the internet and stuff, you could see AJ Lee interact with Cora Jade, so you know that Cora Jade. Like, if you look at her gear, even there's some like tributes oh, yeah. to She's, AJ Lee in that. I mean, she always says that she kind of sees her as like a a daughter. Yeah, a daughter, which is kind of weird. Well, yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's her. Yeah, Roxy I mean, she, is another one of them. She has her first match on on Level Up this week, which is cool. Like, she she could have went with, like, sister, like well, an whatever. older sister route. It's just a different generation. I mean, 
It's a different, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, you, you and she's jersey. also. I mean, I mean, she she maybe. Uh, I don't know. AJ's thirty five. Cora Jade is uh, in her twenties, twenty one. So could have just really, went with the older uh, sister. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> we 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 didn't have to complicate it. It could have just been older sister. But yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the, <laughs> I think that's one of the cool things about this aspect is how they do have like the videos of her going to the autograph signings for CM Punk and AJ Lee. I mean, we have stuff seen like that. Those. They wouldn't put a, a clip of CM Punk on TV. I th- we've I've seen have. it on the internet. Yeah, People on the have internet. Posted yeah. it on the internet, but yeah, like, but, th- but they those have are not recently. While Cora Jade is Cora Jade, they have not put that in a program or anything. Yeah. But yeah, she mentioned sure. AJ Lee, but... she mentioned Sasha Banks, Natalia, Bailey, and Paige, and then Natalia makes her return to NXT. Cora Jade starts marking out. And Natty called Cora Jade the future of NXT. And then goes on to say the future's bleak, slaps her, locks on the sharpshooter. And that was it was a good thing that uh, Natalia was there, I guess. To get name dropped. <laughs> yeah, that it just was so, so happens. I thought that was kind of goofy, but I think this is going to be really good for Cora Jade to work a program with Natalia. Of course, Cora Jade has to win, no? Uh, yeah, 100%. I mean, next week, she- Tatum Paxley backstage challenged Natalia to a match because she's been trying to prove herself to Diamond Mine, and she thinks a victory over Natalia could get her, I guess, in with Diamond Mine better. Mm-hmm. And then Natalia accepted that match, which Natty's definitely going to pick up that victory. And the rest of the women were put on notice as well. So I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Natalia being used in NXT. I agree with you. As After, much as much as I dislike Natalia, I do like the intermingling with Cora J. After that, they aired a video package for Nathan Fraser coming back to the United States, but here for the first time with WWE. He has not been in the United States since then. Since he signed with WWE, he went directly to the UK for NXT UK. Has not been on television in the United States since 2020. It was for uh, AEW. One match where he blew up. and uh, Maybe Impact also, but... He blew, yeah, definitely impact. And he blew up in AEW. And WWE was like, well, good God, we got to get him. Trained by Seth Rollins. They, I guess, called up Fraser and signed like the week after or something like that. It was pretty crazy and it was pretty cool. So he's never been on US television for WWE. I'm beyond pumped that Fraser's coming here because he's a fantastic wrestler. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the. Uh to the in-ring debut, but next up you had Quinn pick up the victory over Draco Anthony. Uh, Zion Quinn, um, I like this match. I'm happy that Zion Quinn got the victory. So I'm, like, I thought it was a decent match. Quinn, obviously, he ends up destroying Draco Anthony's match. Or maybe not obviously, but he ends up destroying him. This all stemmed from those Joe Gacy messages. And now Joe Gacy, I guess, has moved on. So it's not even like it's almost pointless. I can see what you're saying. Unless Joe Gacy somehow gets factored back into this. I don't know if that's going to happen. 
I can see what you're saying with it. In a backstage segment, we saw Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada kind of arguing with each other over whose man is better. And then they agreed that Dexter Loomis and Duke Hudson should actually team up and maybe become the NXT Tag Team Champions. And there's your uh, bar situation. Uh, wrong, wrong people. I don't know if I'd call that a bar situation, but right. definitely something. But the uh, the main event, we saw a gauntlet match. I thought when they first announced this, I don't know if they said it was a gauntlet match, but I was thinking, I was going into this thinking there were about to be five tag teams on the the ring at one the, time. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, the first match of the gauntlet saw the Creed brothers pick up a victory over Legato Del Fantasma. I somehow miss commentary. I guess now Raul Mendoza is now going by Cruz Del Toro, which again, that's like. Maybe they're going to be called up to the main roster. Now that he's got his name changed. So. Uh, but I guess I could see that. Because I think Raul Mendoza is his shoot name. Yeah. But the Creeds ended up locking Legato Del Fantasma in a dual ankle lock at one point, And they reversed it. They sent the Creeds flying headfirst into each other. Which really, I guess, didn't have much of an effect because the Creeds shot right back into the match, picking up that victory. Then we see Briggs and Jensen come out. Fallon Henley and Electra Lopez end up brawling with each other. So I liked that aspect. Creeds picked up the victory over Briggs and Jensen too, though. And that's after Briggs and Jensen powerbomb Brutus through the commentary table. Yeah, and I think that all of this aspect with, I mean, the Creed brothers going into this were definitely the hot pick to come out as the victors. I went into that specific match thinking there's no way this is going to last as long as it does. That it was going to be like a quick little squash or whatever. And I'm glad it wasn't a, a quick squash. Then we yeah. saw the Creed brothers pick up the victory over Grayson Waller and Sanga. We saw Waller has been faking a shoulder injury. He takes off the sling and starts using his arm. And Waller and Sanga, I think, did some damage in this match. I think so, too. It's unfortunate that they're not going to be together. Yeah, the Creeds took Sanga out, and after the show, Grayson Waller cut a promo saying that he's absolutely done with Sanga. Their their business relationship and their personal relationship just done. Yeah, so ends there. Sanga is going to be a single superstar. I think he looked good in that match with the Creed brothers, so I'm looking forward to seeing more of him. Yeah, and Waller, I think, is a is a superstar. Oh, Waller you is know, somebody I, that I think could be called up. I mean, by the time yeah, this goes I, up, maybe he's even on SmackDown. I have no idea. Yeah, I can see Waller being called up too. I mean, but it ends with Pretty Deadly coming up as your winners of the match, picking up the victory over the Creed Brothers um, to become the new tag team champions. Pretty Deadly only making their uh, their debut on NXT last week, coming up now uh, as well, the... Well, technically not really because they had those vignettes and stuff, or not vignettes, those segments where they were well, breaking apart the diamond line. We didn't know it was them, right, though. Right, the internet you know? sleuths. They uh, the gloves. Look at the gloves. The shoes. <laughs> they knew it. They knew it. 
And uh, I thought this was a pretty good match between the two teams. And I think Pretty Deadly really needed this victory, and I'm happy that they got it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that this is incredible. I think that it's going to be... Uh, I think that I don't know Pretty Deadly. So, but from what I saw, I was very impressed. I think they have the moves, they got the look, and I'm intrigued. I want to see what's going to happen with this tag team division with them at the uh, forefront now. Yeah, they hit Spilt Milk, picked up the victory, and like, if you're like Dave and you don't know Pretty Deadly, go, if you have Peacock, it's there. Just go back, watch the NXT UK stuff. You have matches of theirs, they're former NXT UK tag team champions, they're now joining Mustache Mountain, being the only the second team to hold both tag team titles. Yeah, Mustache Mountain held the NXT first, and then the NXT UK. They held the NXT UK, and now the NXT Championships. But NXT UK is there for you on Peacock. You can watch that. They have um, a few weeks ago, maybe at months at this point. It seems maybe like months already at this point. Uh, they were doing like. Um, vignettes where they were like on the street doing stuff those were great segments I've, i spoke about it on this show so definitely check it out if you don't know them you can look up the dates on cage match or any website to see the results and go to those matches yeah but, but speaking of nxt uk we saw dave mastiff teaming up with jack stars to defeat gallus which was a bit surprising to me but Jack Stars and Dave Mastiff work well together as a team. The ending happened because Joe randomly tagged himself in, which caused him and Mark to argue a little bit, and, and Jack Stars eventually took advantage of that, picked up the victory. And after the match, Gallus was arguing with each other, and Wolfgang made his way out, got in between the two of them, but they still continued to argue all the way to the back. I don't know why they're going to try to split up Gallus or, or whatnot. I was kind of hoping they'd make their way to the United States at some point because mm-hmm. I'm a huge Wolfgang fan, which obviously could still happen if they're broken up, but why would you break up the Coffee Brothers? That makes no sense. I feel like it's just uh, they are supposed to be together. Yeah. But uh, after that, they showed footage from Ilya Dragunov after his match last week walking backstage And he walked into Roderick Strong, who ends up putting him over and saying that they'll meet again. I'm not sure if they will, but Jordan Devlin also showed up, kind of taunted Ilya Dragunov, so I can only assume that match will be taking place. They aired a video for a back alley brawl between Sam Gradwell and Kenny Williams. They announced that that's going to be taking place next week on NXT UK, so I think that should be like a fun location match to watch. Because I don't think we've seen anything like that on NXT UK yet. And then it goes into Mako Satamora calling out Isla Dawn to bring her championship out. And Isla Dawn came out and said she'll give the title back if she gets a rematch under her own chaotic rules. This whole segment was kind of like a, a vignette almost. They had music playing. There were video effects and stuff. With a live crowd, by the way. So this is all post. Those fans didn't see this stuff. I'm sure they didn't hear this stuff. I thought it was pretty cool. And Mako ends up saying that all she had to do was ask. And Isla Dawn ends up spitting mist into Mako's eyes and said that the match will be taking place in her domain 
in a world of darkness. What that means, I have absolutely no clue. But like the the back alley brawl, we have not really seen like gimmick matches like that at all. And that in my head when I hear Isla Dawn saying something like that reminds me of WWE 2K20. The storyline, Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt had like a uh, match multiverse or whatever it's called. Yeah. So I don't know if it's going to something like that. It seems like that's where it's leading to. So I'm interested in that. Yeah. After that, Eliza Alexander picked up the victory over Angel Hayes, which I thought was a good showcase for Alexander. But it wasn't like she controlled the whole match, which I feel like she should have. Given that, like, she's, I mean, I don't know if I look, I'm looking at her wrong, but I feel like she's the muscle to Zaya Brooks' side. So I feel like it should have been a quicker match, but I'm fine with it either way. Main event saw Teo Man pick up the victory over A-Kid, which I thought started off slow, kind of picked up towards the end of the match. We saw A-Kid take out D-Familia. But Teo Man was able to continue the attack, and even with one good arm, he's able to hit his finisher, pick up that victory over A-Kid, and, uh, and D-Familia stood tall to end NXT UK. So I thought that was pretty good. Yeah, that was a solid uh, NXT UK, but let's get on to some good old SmackDown talk. It opens up with RK-Bro... And mainly Randy Orton calling out the Usos. And they came out, they ran down their resume and basically told RK-Bro to just leave their titles in the ring for them. And then Randy Orton ran down his resume and accepted their challenge. The Usos ended up attacking Matt Riddle before they left. I thought it was about to end peacefully and then uh, that shocked me. And then they attacked Riddle and made made more sense. And... Uh, Backstage, RK Bro asked Adam Pierce about their match, and he said he wasn't sure yet. Riddle wants a match with Jimmy Uso. Adam Pierce made that match. They did eventually confirm the match for WrestleMania Backlash is going to be a tag team match for each other's titles, unification match. Uh, after that, Rhea Ripley picked up the victory over Naomi. I thought this was a really good match, better than the match on Monday Night Raw. Um, and I liked, there were so many things, that clothesline, lariat, whatever you want to call it, that Rhea Ripley hit Naomi with outside of the ring. I thought that looked brutal. The head scissors driver that Naomi hit looked super hard. Uh, Rhea Ripley, I liked her almost going for the, uh, or not almost, she went for the riptide on the middle rope, but Naomi was able to kick her way out of that, which I liked. And then Rhea Ripley eventually reversed a pin and hit the, the Riptide to pick up that victory there. Again, going into Monday Night Raw, their tag team championship match with some momentum. After that, Happy Corbin was interviewed where he trashed Madcap Moss and said that he was fun to laugh at. And then he also said that had it not been for Madcap Moss, he would have been still undefeated. And then we saw Drew Gulak, who is auditioning for a part of the SmackDown broadcast team, uh, interviewing Madcap Moss. And Madcap basically just hyped himself up for his match against Umberto Carrillo. And then he went on to defeat Umberto. Angel 
Garza did cheat during the match behind the referee's back. I don't think the fans were fully into this, though. I thought it was decent. We got a lot of, like, strength spots from Madcap, who I think is an impressive athlete. Uh, But after Madcap won his match, Angel yelled at Umberto. So I hope that's not them, like, planting seeds to split Los Lotharios up because I've been enjoying them as a team. I want more for them as a team. But backstage, Charlotte was kind of yelling at Adam Pierce for them setting up the match or making the match against Ronda Rousey official. And Drew Gulak interrupted to see how he did as an interviewer. And she was like, I could give you an evaluation after you interview me in the ring. So they go to the ring and Gulak asked uh, about Ronda Rousey's submission moves and if she's worried since management made the match even though Flair turned it down and then Gulak ends up bringing up how Flair tapped at Wrestlemania and she's like I was fixing my bra and Gulak said had the referee been in the position and had they been able to see everything Ronda Rousey would have been standing there as champion and Flair said he's wrong then asked Gulak if he quit being a competitor so he could hold a mic and ask her stupid questions, and then said people like him are used to quitting. And she made Gulak go to relieve the ring, and on his way out, she attacked him and made him tap out. After that, we got a quick uh, video of Gunther and Ludwig. Uh, Gunther said that people will obey the ring general. Not much of a promo, not much to even say about that. After that, Drew McIntyre picked up the victory over Sami Zayn via countout. Before the match, Sami Zayn spoke about last week and said he didn't run away from the match and he won't run away from the match this week and then literally did that as soon as the bell rang. And throughout the match, he was trying to evade Drew uh, McIntyre. At one point, even tried to use Pat McAfee as a shield, who ducked a punch from Pat. I liked that part. And Sami Zayn got out of the way from two different Claymore attempts, ran into the crowd, got counted out, and McIntyre chased after him afterwards. That ended in the crowd, and Sami Zayn ended up running into Adam Pierce. And Adam Pierce announced that next week he's not going to have a chance to run away from the match because it'll be a lumberjack match on SmackDown. So I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that one. After that, Ricochet picked up the victory over Jinder Mahal to retain the Intercontinental Championship. Jinder Mahal tried to cheat using the trunks, but nothing came of that. Ricochet literally kicked out. And went to the top rope for a move. And Shanky pulls Jinder Mahal out of the ring. So Ricochet ends up just pivoting. Jumps onto both of them outside of the ring. Puts Jinder Mahal back in. And hits a shooting star press to pick up the victory. After that, Sheamus, Ridge Holland, and Butch were interviewed. And they were asked about last week and Butch fighting with them. And Sheamus was like, that's what we call a civilized discussion. And that they all agreed the enemy is New Day. And while they were talking, Butch wandered off. And when we saw Butch again, he was uh, attacking New Day, who was just sitting there signing autographs. And uh, it led to a pull-apart brawl. 
between them and uh, Sheamus and Rich Holland as well. After that, we got another Lacey Evans segment where she spoke about how her father disciplined her and her family as a kid and how it scared them. And she spoke about how her dad eventually landed in trouble with the law and going from state to state living in tents and brought up how she learned to have to rely on herself because nobody was saving her or her family. CPS, she said, didn't do anything which is very unfortunate. Uh, And then after that, Natalia and Shayna Baszler were in the locker room watching that promo, and Natty was like, who cares? Everyone's had tough lives. And then she spoke about how the new talent have no respect for them and how uh, one of them is just hanging her clothes all over the locker room. It turned out to be Raquel Rodriguez, who was literally sitting right there getting trash spoken about her (laughs) and she ends up standing up, introducing herself to Natalia and uh, she towered over Natty. So Natty was just like, Oh, it's so great to finally meet you. And that was the end of that segment. So I thought that was, that was kind of funny, but still not the the strongest of debuts, but whatever. Main event saw uh, Matt Riddle pick up the victory over Jimmy Uso. Riddle went for an RKO pretty early on in the match, but Jimmy got out of that, rolled out of the ring, got back in, started to control the match a little bit. We saw Jay Uso and Randy Orton argue outside the ring, and Jay, um, not Jay, Jimmy ends up dropkicking Randy Orton down. And then Orton kind of distracts the referee, gets up, and then he ends up off the apron brawling with, with Jay Uso ringside, which distracted Jimmy, Jimmy goes over a move, Riddle rolls through it, and uh, and then Jimmy picks him up for a Samoan drop, and Riddle landed a really, really cool, like, pop-up RKO from that. That's going to be a, a pretty big gift from SmackDown. But that was SmackDown. Going to take a quick little break right now. I'll be back right here on Marking Out. This is the premier athlete, Tony Nese, and you're listening to Marking Out. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 584. Chris will not be joining us for AEW, but I will talk about AEW Rampage from last week. We saw Brian Danielson pick up the victory over Tremperetta, which was a very good, hard-hitting match. And, like, there wasn't a doubt in my mind that Brian wouldn't be winning this, but it was, I thought this was a very, very good match. I liked this match the most of Rampage. Um, also, it's unfortunate because every other match on this show seemed pretty predictable. But again, this was a phenomenal match. After that, we saw Hook backstage and they were trying to interview him, but he didn't say anything. And Danhausen popped out of the garbage to try to curse him again, but Nothing happened, so that's still developing. We're waiting on to see what Hook's first words will be. Maybe it'll be Mama or Dada. <laughs> but uh, Dan hasn't ate chips from the garbage, so that's kind of gross, but it's also funny. After that, Men of the Year cut a promo, and Scorpio Sky was talking and ends up getting cut off by Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti. And Sammy just ran them down and went back. They went back and forth. I personally thought this was a bad segment. Sammy wants the title. 
But, uh, yeah, so that'll happen. After that, we saw Swerve Strickland pick up the victory over QT Marshall. Strickland is phenomenal. Such a good talent. And I I do... I, I don't think this was necessary to be as long as it was. But it still puts Swerve over. So... I was happy with that. Afterwards, Ricky Starks challenged Swerve to a a tag team match on Dynamite, which I will speak about. After that, we saw Red Velvet pick up the victory over Willow Nightingale to get into the Owen Hart tournament, which I think it's great to see Willow in a position like this. Uh, But just like the Ring of Honor interim women's championship match at Supercard of Honor, I think the wrong person won. And I feel like because... Willow is not signed to AEW. It seemed very um, like a no-brainer as to who was going over with Mercedes Martinez and with Red Velvet here. But Willow was very over in this match. Very over. They also, they continue that, that plugging stuff during these matches. Excalibur literally plugged the next match and then seven other matches, eight matches in a row, rather than calling this match. During an Owen Hart qualifier, they want to say they care about Owen Hart, but right now, all they do during these matches is put over the next match, the next match, the next match, eight matches. Made no sense. After that, Tony Nese was backstage yelling, and Smart Mark Sterling cut him off, and so that he thinks Tony Nese needs some legal representation. And then they went to go talk. We'll uh, speak more about that. Or I'll speak more of that. We're not a weed this week. <laughs> After that, John Moxley picked up the victory over Wheeler Yuta in the main event. I I want to know why William Regal calls Brian Danielson's matches, but not Moxley's matches. But uh, as far as the match goes, we saw Yuta attack Moxley before the match. Also got busted the absolute hell open after being curb stomped onto the steps. And it seemed pretty deep given how much was coming out right away. But we saw Wheeler Yuta hit a, a diving cross body to the outside through a table. And we saw Yuta kick out of the paradigm shift. Almost got out of the bulldog choke, but Moxley let him go and kept the attack on. And Yuta locked in his own bulldog choke, which I thought was pretty cool. Moxley eventually obviously got out of that, but Yuta kicks out of the paradigm shift a second time. And then Moxley chokes him out. And William Regal and Brian Danielson made their way to the ring, and it looked like Regal was maybe going to attack Wheeler Yuta. And Yuta's just begging for him to do it. And Wheeler, uh, William Regal puts out his hand, and they shake hands. And Wheeler Yuta is now in the the Blackpool Combat Club. Yuta also spelling BCC on his chest in blood. Kind of gross. But I thought it was a a good main event. Uh, AEW Dynamite this week kicked off with CM Punk picking up the victory over Penta Oscuro, which the crowd was super hot for this match. They were hot for most of this show. I think they were it was they were in New Orleans. They were supposed to go there pre-pandemic, I believe, and it just kept getting postponed and postponed, unfortunately, due to the COVID and pandemic and everything. So 
they've been waiting for this for years, actual years. So I think that's pretty cool that they finally got to to have this event there. But uh, I was I was hoping Penta would pick up the victory here. I know there was no chance of Penta picking up the victory here. I think he needed the victory here. But they did a spot where Punk and Penta were on the top rope. And Punk slipped off because of um, Penta. He had been working on CM Punk's knee or leg. So I liked the fact that Punk wasn't able to do that. And he was able to sell there. And Punk was able to sell throughout the, the match. Which also, like, I mean... I didn't fully get all of it because I didn't get how CM Punk could springboard with a bum knee. And then Penta ends up catching the the go to sleep, but eventually gets hit by it after Penta went to go hit a springboard of his own. And then Punk caught him and then hit him with the bum knee. So like outside of that, I didn't, I didn't understand that portion of the match but i i really enjoyed this match i thought it was well done i just wish there was a different outcome and i didn't understand the the using of the bum knee when you couldn't use the bum knee after that jurassic express picked up the victory over red dragon to retain the AEW tag team championships kyle o'reilly at one point accidentally kicked bobby fish when luchasaurus was like completely owning the ring but Eventually, we saw Kyle O'Reilly lock Luchasaurus in a guillotine choke. And Bobby Fish, off the top rope, hit a falcon arrow over them, which I thought was a really cool spot. And Luchasaurus ends up, I guess, like passing out or smashing Kyle O'Reilly onto that pin to break it up. I thought that was well done. However, bad officiating. Storyline-wise or not, I don't know, but uh, Luchasaurus wasn't getting counted. And Luchasaurus was just able to do whatever he wanted in the ring, and that led to the end of the match for Jungle Boy to get the victory. And Kyle O'Reilly was pissed off afterwards, took a chair, and attacked Jurassic Express. FTR came out afterwards, hold up the titles, and then uh, him and them and, and Red Dragon got to a little shoving match. So I don't think we're going to see Red Dragon in the title picture anymore. And it seems very much likely to be set up that FTR will be the next tag team champions in AEW, perhaps. Which, as much as I wanted it to be Red Dragon, I'm completely fine if FTR are the ones that get the titles. Because they deserve to be it. We Like, when they debuted super hot, they won the titles... And then just like nothing fizzled out. Nothing happened with FTR and it's been so long. So here's hoping that this isn't the end soon. After that, we saw the Blackpool Combat Club where they announced that Wheeler is officially in the group. And they have a trios match against the undefeated Gun Club next week or this week on Rampage, I think. So I'll talk about that next week. Um, It'd be cool. Moxley has faced off against... Billy Gunn in the past. That was a WrestleMania match even, so that's pretty cool. After that, Tony Storm and Jamie Hayter was announced that Tony Khan signed this match for the very first match of the Owen Hart tournament. Hayter did all the talking here, and Tony Storm just walked off. 
I don't think there's any chance of Jamie Hayter winning. I think Tony Storm has to advance. I think Tony Storm has to be in the finals if she doesn't win this if she doesn't win the the tournament. After that, Sean Dean picked up the victory over MJF via countout. Uh, this match I thought started off great. MJF faked his ring jacket being stuck and then just turned around and, and attacked Sean Dean before the match started. But then the match goes on and they show security laid out backstage. Why one of them was missing a shirt, I have absolutely no idea. But I was very pleased because the match kept going. And for the past two weeks, they paused the match for Wardlow to do this. And then we saw MJF taunt in front of the crowd. He he took it to the outside of the ring. Sean Dean makes his way back in. MJF is taunting in, in, in front of the crowd. And Wardlow shows up through the crowd behind him. Fans are going absolutely nuts for it. Wardlow is a megastar right now without even doing much there. Uh, but Sean Spears ends up hitting him with a chair, which had zero effect. And... There's tons of security guards in the way of MJF restraining Wardlow. Wardlow chased MJF through the ring and back out. And MJF's trying just not to get beat up. He's not trying to die. And Bryce Remsburg starts counting MJF out, even though he couldn't get back into the ring. And MJF, right before the 10 count, Gets on the microphone, begs him to stop counting. He says, I'll pay you double what Tony Khan pays you. And Bryce counts to 10. That, to me, makes absolutely zero sense. If a competitor can't get back into the ring due to outside interference that got into the ring even and chased MJF out of the ring, the match should either be called off, in my opinion, or it should just like be handled. Get more security. Get Wardlow out of here. He does not work for AEW. This is a, a non-contracted person jumping the barricade, going into the ring. There's po- posters and signs. Wardlow's banned from the arena, yet he still gets in. There's no arrest made for Wardlow. Storyline-wise, that none of that makes sense. It makes absolutely no sense that MJF was counted out in that, in that match. And MJF afterwards gets gets in Bryce's face. Wardlow attacks some more security guards backstage. And he wants out of his contract. And MJF is like, later on, fired up. And stood by with Mark Sterling, who announced that MJF has the right to book or not book Wardlow. And since Wardlow keeps showing up, he's going to book Wardlow. And the first match that he's booking Wardlow in will be against the Butcher. So it'll be, I guess, similar to the MJF uh, labors of MJF or whatever. And finally, he'll get his hands on on MJF at double or nothing. But I thought that segment sucked. I thought it was so stupid. After that, there was a video of Darby Allen skateboarding. Really well done video. Uh where he just challenged Andrade to a coffin match, where I'm hoping Andrade wins that match, but who knows? And then after that, we had a Malachi Black promo where he's speaking about Fuego Del Sol, which I absolutely cannot believe that 
Malachi Black is feuding with Fuego Del Sol. So we'll see what happens with that. I don't think there was any mention of the Dark Order there. Uh, next matchup saw the Jericho Appreciation Society pick up the victory over Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. We saw earlier in the night Jericho getting off the private jet. And uh, I guess Kingston and Santana and Ortiz took out uh, Everize or uh, Team 2.0. And uh, we saw this match. I like that Eddie Kingston was wearing a, a shirt that said Thump, paying tribute to Junkyard Dog. Uh, which, with this match, it's, it started off messy, but it, it got better. Chris Jericho ended up hitting Eddie Kingston with a baseball bat after Daniel Garcia pushed uh, Aubrey away so she couldn't see it. And after the match, they continued to beat them down. And I thought we were going to get two more people coming out to like make a save for... Kingston and Santana and Ortiz, but I don't even know who it could be. If we'll get two more members, I have no clue. Maybe we see LAX show up. Probably not. I have no idea. After that, Marina Shafir picked up the victory over Sky Blue. Red Velvet and Kiera Hogan are now just randomly part of Jade Cargill's baddie section, which didn't make sense. And I'm, I could swear that Red Velvet was like feuding with Jade Cargill even. But this match, I don't know. I, I feel like it should have been quicker. I feel like Shafir should have just made Sky Blue tap out. But, uh, I mean, she did make her tap out. But I feel like it should have been like a one, two, like the match, the 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 bell rings, boom, submission, end. So, that wasn't so uh, so great. But And the crowd, man, the crowd died for that match. But after that, Lexi Nair was backstage trying to interview Hook again. And before he spoke, Smart Mark Sterling and Tony Nese cut it off. Nothing came of that, but Danhausen tried to curse Hook again, and he was not able to. After that, Team Taz picked up the victory over Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Ricky Starks over big time in his hometown here in Louisiana. Um... Uh, that the the moonsault spot that Swerve hit off of the top rope off of Keith Lee's chest to the outside was literally one of the coolest things I've ever seen in pro wrestling. I thought that was so cool. Ricky Starks hit a nice destroyer DDT in this match, but Taz eventually made his way down to the ringside area and behind the referee's back, he grabbed Keith Lee's leg and Hobbs was able to hit a huge spine buster on Keith Lee to pick up the victory there. I went into that match thinking that um, Ricky, not Ricky Starks, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland needed that victory. But with the interference of Taz in that moment, I, I was fine with the outcome with Team Taz picking up the victory there. I thought that was nice. After that backstage, Thunder Rosa was immediately cut off, about to be interviewed, immediately cut off by Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose. Nyla ends up getting cake pushed in her face. And then Nyla ends up clocking Vicky Guerrero because she couldn't see. (laughs) And Thunder Rosa tries to beat up Nyla Rose, but Nyla gets the upper hand. That leads into the Battle of the Belts, which I'll, I'll review in a moment. But the main event of AEW Dynamite this week saw Samoa Joe pick up the victory over Minoru Suzuki to become the new Ring of Honor TV champion. Again, we had Bobby Cruz making these announcements, which I thought was really cool. 
Um, and this was a very hard-hitting match. They opened the match going chop for chop, and which some people are like, oh, CM Punk and Penta open the same way, which, yes, they did, which normally I would think, I don't think you should do the same thing twice in a row. Not in a row, twice in the same card like that. But uh, you had to know that was coming. You had to know it. And I think when this match was announced, I was like, oh, now it makes sense as to why um, Minoru Suzuki won the the title. Because he's going to drop it to Samoa Joe. Given that Samoa Joe is signed and Minoru Suzuki is not signed. But this match I thought was really fun. A lot better than Suzuki's past matches in AEW. In my opinion, at least. The bigger thing that completely overshadowed Samoa Joe winning the Ring of Honor TV Championship, though, was Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal having a present for Samoa Joe afterwards where they had a gift for him and it ends up being their middle finger. And then the lights go out and maybe fans are like, okay, who's coming to... Maybe return, debut, make the save for Samoa Joe. The lights come on. It's a giant Indian guy that nobody in the crowd knows. Satnam Singh. Nobody in the crowd was able to react. Nobody knew who it was. He attacks Samoa Joe. Sanjay Dutt and Jay Lethal join in. Commentary. Tony Schiavone. I know who it is. I know who that is. The fans are beyond dead at this moment. Tony Khan advertised that the show would go over 10 p.m. And nobody is able to react to that because who the hell is Satnam Singh? Tony Schiavone's like, I I know who it is. I've seen him train at the AEW training facility because I guess they can't say Nightmare Factory anymore. Satnam Singh, somebody, the the very first Indian to get drafted to the NBA, apparently. Did he ever play in the NBA? I don't think so. I think he played for the minor leagues in for the NBA. He had a WWE uh, tryout because he's a, a an impressive size. WWE wanted him, and apparently he turned them down. He was in the same class with uh, Casey Catanzaro, but he turned them down. Went, he wanted to focus on basketball and then got banned from basketball for two years for doping. That was literally two years ago. So after he got banned for doping, I guess he went back to pro wrestling. That segment fell absolutely flat. And that was like, while that's happening in slow motion, in my head, I'm just thinking of that pyro from AEW Revolution. That I thought was absolutely awful but we'll see what happens next week with them we'll see if he's any good in the ring hopefully he is after that uh that was the end of aw dynamite this weekend we have a live rampage we have a bunch of championships on the line saturday though we have aw battle of the belts 2 uh, taking place in Texas. Thunder Rosa is defending the women's championship against Nyla Rose. I think it's safe to say that Thunder Rosa retains that. Scorpio Sky will be taking on Sammy Guevara for the TNT championship. I again think Scorpio Sky could 
just retain this. And then, I don't know if this is the main event. Uh, it could be definitely the main event for the Ring of Honor Championship. This was like a last-minute announcement. I don't even think they announced this on Dynamite. They might have announced it right after Dynamite ended. Jonathan Gresham will be taking on Dalton Castle with the boys. The boys have not been with Dalton Castle, I believe, in two years. So I think that's pretty cool. Very cool that Jonathan Gresham is about to be on television with Dalton Castle for the Ring of Honor Championship at Battle of the Belts too. So I'm 100% looking forward to that match. Definitely the most. I don't really care about the other two matches. So that's AW Battle of the Belts. Hey, Brandon, you got any shout-outs? Hello there, this is... This is Elmo, and you're listening to Brandon Shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to Familia, which is Camila Cabello's newest album, just released this week. I think she absolutely knocked it out of the park with this album. That song is... Bomb Bomb with Ed Sheeran is a fantastic track. I think every song on this album is, is really good. Yeah, it is so catchy. I saw her perform it on a SNL this past week. Yeah, I, I heard the song, like, when you scroll through uh, TikTok. TikTok, yeah, that's where I heard it. Yeah. I'm, like, listening. I'm, like, this song is really good. Who is this? And I'm, like, obviously, I started paying attention. It's Camila Cabello. She was doing a uh, a live Life. concert thing on TikTok, but, like, it wasn't really, like, a concert, I don't think. I don't know what what it was. I watched it was just, some yeah. of it eventually. But I heard that song, Bomb Bomb, over and over again. And I was, like, this is definitely about to be the, the song of the summer, 100%. And I immediately looked up to see concert dates, and there's no tour. (laughs) I'm like, what the hell? (laughs) Yet. And I feel like this is about to be one of those Miley situations where she releases Malibu and then doesn't tour with it. I'm like, what the hell? I want to hear this live. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sure, I mean, it's probably going to come perhaps maybe like uh, fall or something. I don't know when she goes out on tour with it. But fantastic album. I I would say uh, pick it up. Uh, after that, I'm going to give a shout-out to Upload, which is a show on Amazon Prime. The second season's out now, which I had no clue about. I randomly went to Amazon Prime, and uh, I saw second season. I was like, oh, snap, it's out, because I've been waiting. It Literally, the first season came out towards the beginning of the COVID lockdown. So I've been waiting for a second season since 2020. And it's now 2022, so I was beyond pumped to watch that show, and uh, the first season was so good. This season, I wish was a bit longer, but I think it did its job, and it ended on a huge cliffhanger where it's like, they better get a season three. And that season three better not come at two more years from now. So, here's hoping... Here's hoping it comes out sooner than later, and I'd say that, check that out as well. Uh, my last shout out is going to Gilbert Gottfried, who unfortunately passed away this week at the age of 67. That was uh, kind of surprising. It said he he passed away after a long a battle with an illness. I don't know what that was. Yeah, very awful. You know, they haven't mentioned anything about his passing, um, but definitely uh, surprising, you know. And I really wish I got to see him live or even meet him because he's like a Bob Saget to me where it's like as a kid, I was entertained with stuff like Aladdin 
where he played Iago and even Problem Child. And then as I grew up I mean, and heard his stand-up, it was like mind-blowing as how filthy he was. Oh, yeah, he was, you know. But I like I, I knew him from like Beverly Hills Cop too. Yeah, even that, yeah. You know, um, but there, there's so much awesomeness that he, he put out there. And, I mean, I was watching a clip of him reading uh, – was Fifty it? Shades of Grey. Yeah, Fifty yeah. Shades of Grey. <laughs> His that, cameos definitely are a... fantastic too. The the stuff that people paid him to say is like beyond bizarre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just I think it's really funny that he's literally in one of the biggest Disney movies of all time, and like then you move over to something like The Aristocrats and hear him tell that joke and it's like how is that like the same person <laughs> yeah so i think it's so funny it's very unfortunate that he passed away and again i really wish i got to see him perform live or or meet him but yeah i never got to uh but those are my shout outs now it's time for our is right our mark out moment of the week you know uh i feel like you didn't mark out for this but i'm not gonna lie i kind of marked out seeing all the celebrities at alexa bliss's wedding yeah i did i didn't mark out for that that's all you and then i guess when you marry ryan cabrera that's what happens it's expected but like I have seen like 20 different angles of Alexa Bliss on stage with three fifths of the members of NSYNC performing Bye Bye Bye. Yeah, it was missing the only person that actually mattered up there. Well, besides Alexa Bliss of NSYNC. Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake. But yeah. I think that's pretty cool. It's like insane. Like Seth Green was there, Avril Lavigne was in the wedding party. It was so crazy, but uh, it was pretty cool. Congratulations to, to them. Yeah, you know, I I marked out for obviously if you couldn't guess Moulin Rouge, uh, marked out pretty hard for that. Marked out for the slap chap slap, slap cha- challenge chap. between uh, Suzuki and Samoa Joe on AEW this week. Them just <laughs> slapping each other back and forth and back and forth. Um, Ow, I- dude, commentary spoke over Kaze Ninare. Uh, why did they do that i was why? like as a joke i tweeted out while they were talk they were talking during the the entrance i'm like bro internet's about to get super pissed off <laughs> that they're talking over the theme song and then they started actually they were talking over the 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 chorus the whole or whatever you call it the the actual part where they yell the out single Kaze they're talking over and i'm like i'm gonna get pissed off at that <laughs> It's like they intentionally do it, you know? I mean, you 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 know the parts of the song and stuff. Why why do that? Why yeah, do that? Yeah, it didn't make sense. But yeah. on uh, NXT this week, I kind of marked out. Like, for the like the quickest few seconds during that uh, Lash Legend and Nikita Lyons segment, Norman Smiley, the big wiggle, appeared. <laughs> so I definitely popped at that. Still wish I met him at uh, at Access during WrestleMania 28, but I didn't chase him down. Um, and then also, uh, big Young Rock spoiler 
from this past week, I guess. Oh, yeah. Marked out for that. But it went all over the internet. So if you're living under a rock, then that's probably the only way you wouldn't have heard about it. They teased The Rock versus Roman Reigns on this week's <laughs> episode where they had a bunch of them sitting around watching wrestling together. They were watching Yokozuna. And it was like the Wild Samoans, Iron Sheik was there, Rocky Johnson, and The Rock, Dewey, Dwayne, and little kid locks Dewey in a headlock. And he's like, come on, wrestle me, wrestle me. And he's like, no. He goes, wrestle me, acknowledge me. And then it cuts, he goes, (laughs) that's my cousin Joe, also known as Roman Reigns. And it lists all his accomplishments. And Joe just wanted to wrestle Dewey. And Dewey's like, the world's not ready for a match that big yet. And if it does happen, it could only happen at WrestleMania. Hollywood, WrestleMania 39. Gotta happen. I mean, I think that that's incredible. I do love that show. Um, I'm going to have to watch that episode. Obviously, I saw that part, but I marked out for that too. Yeah, it was fantastic. Well done. Beautiful. I agree. But, but uh, yeah, that's the mark out moment of the week. And that was episode 584 of Marking Out. Remember to check us out on MarkingOut.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, ProWrestlingTees.com slash MarkingOut, Facebook.com slash MarkingOut, YouTube.com slash MarkingOut11, which is the same as Instagram for us. As for Chris, CM Sweeney 85 on Instagram, at Chris Sweendog on Twitter. BTTG161 on both platforms. David PTDPT on both platforms. At Marking Out on TikTok. Check us out. We're on TikTok. Um, and Twitter, at Marking Out. Did I forget anything? Not at all. Then we wish you the... The... Best of, of luck in your future endeavors. Happy... Fantastic week. Ah!